So I want to begin with um, <clears throat> with the crime story, the New York crime story. President Biden was here uh, Thursday, right? Thursday he was here and really delivered his expected empty message on crime. There's nothing going on with uh, his appearance. I mean, it's the usual stuff. Blame guns. More social spending, blah blah blah, and it's too bad. But I don't didn't expect anything more than that. You know, it is a pity, and it wasn't always so, but it is a pity that um, you know Biden and the Democratic Party is basically the party that's anti-cop. I mean, let's face it. It's an anti-cop party. You know, his empty message this week, gun control, social spending, and he will not he will not deal with the fundamental issue. Well, let me say two fundamental issues. Number 1, maybe not every democrat in the country. I don't want to make that kind of blanket assertion. But Mr. Biden and his vice president and most of the party and their spokespeople demonize law enforcement and demonize cops. Blame cops, not criminals. I mean, here in New York, we have this no bail, no jail approach to law enforcement. We have this crazy Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, downgrading armed robberies, downgrading assaulted cops, downgrading drug dealing, downgrading people who are hopping over the subway turnstiles, downgrading criminal recidivism, no bail, no jail. It's the worst, it's the worst in the country right now. The worst in the country. This memo that uh, he put out, that Bragg put out, uh, now he's trying somehow to slightly retreat backing down on a couple of policies regarding commercial robberies uh, committed with knives and guns will once again be prosecuted as felonies. Okay. It's a, you know, we should have had it in the first place. His whole memo should be shredded and burned. It's a soft-on-crime memo. It should be completely reversed, should be completely scrubbed, should be completely shredded, but he won't. He won't do it. And he's um, not getting any help from President Biden. And that's the long and short of it. And, you know, I go back to the brilliant memo, brilliant op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal written by my old friend Heather McDonald. You know, Biden has really contributed to this demonization of law enforcement demonization of cops. And I'll say, you know, stuff that Heather that Heather talked about earlier last year, April 12th last year, when the president tweeted about the need to address the, quote, the trauma that black America experiences every day from police shootings. And later on last year, October 16th, during the National Peace Officers Memorial Service in Washington, Biden laments that the promise of equal and impartial justice 
was denied in too many communities, black and brown. Too many families are grieving unnecessary losses of their sons, their daughters, their fathers, their brothers from police violence. Okay? I mean, that stuff is part of the problem. And the crime wave across the country is in many ways, in large measure, because you have a president, and as I say, a vice president, Kamala Harris has done the same thing, uh, who just will not back the cops. They will not back the cops. And, you know, it would be so easy if politicians would just listen to what the police are saying, instead of demonizing them, instead of opposing them, listen to what they say. Give them backing. Cover their backs. You know, I I just can't get out of my mind the picture of thousands of police in the two funerals Mora, young detective Mora, young detective Rivera, the two funerals. I mean, actually, the one from Mora this week was even a longer blue line. I'm told stretching from St. Patrick's Cathedral, which is, what, 50th and 5th, all the way down to 35th Street and 5th, even longer. And the fact that not only the New York cops, but also cops from all over the country came to show their support. And the message is just, you know, really, enough is enough. Give us support. Give us your help. Listen to what we're trying to say and do. And I think um, until we get clarity on that, we're still going to have a problem here. And it's a big problem. And I've said also that... The business of crime, you know, which affects our neighborhoods and our families and our schools and our businesses, this business of, of the crime outbreak is it's not only a security issue and a safety issue, it becomes an economic issue. I mean, I, in some sense, the metaphor here is you know, high crime rates are like a tax hike. Uh, on business. And this is something that Rudy Giuliani knew full well when he turned things around in the early and mid-90s. And it's something that uh, Mike Bloomberg also knew full well. You're not going to get a you're not going to get a comeback in the New York economy. People are not going to come back to work. They're not going to go back into the office buildings. They're not going to start new businesses. If they fear crime, I mean, look, they're going to go elsewhere. They're going to go to Florida. They're going to go down to North Carolina. They're going to go to Georgia. They're going to go out west to places with thriving economies, Utah, the Dakotas, Colorado. I mean, the tax burden is enormous in New York. The education system is highly, highly flawed in New York. But the issue of crime is dragging us down. And we, we are in a make-or-break situation. 
We are in a make-or-break situation. And I say this out of sadness as a long-time New Yorker. I don't think I've ever seen it worse. I've lived here since the early 1970s. 1973 is when I came here. So, you know, my point is Biden comes and goes, but nothing really changes. The governor won't take Bragg on. Even the mayor won't take Bragg on. That's the way I heard it. The mayor praised Bragg. Uh, He didn't have to do that. He could have ignored him, and that would have sent an important message. So somebody's either got to get Bragg to completely get rid of that memo he wrote, which downgraded everything. We've got to keep recidivists off the streets. We're going to have to sweep the homeless off the streets. The the big cities across the country, the big blue cities run by Democratic mayors. I hate to make this a partisan issue, to be honest with you. I really do. But it just seems to me, it just seems to me that has become a partisan issue. And the Democratic Party is the party against cops. And that's got to change. This is a Democratic city. Now, it's a Democratic state, but it may not be a Democratic state because my feeling is, my suspicion is, come November in the gubernatorial election, you're going to see a change. And crime is going to be at the heart of that change. Taxes will be at the heart of that. Schooling and vouchers and choice will be at the heart of that. Mandates will be at the heart of that. I had a great lunch this past week with Lee Zeldin, a smart, smart fellow who's running for governor on the Republican line. He's going to be contested, and he's got to prove himself in the primary. But I think he understands full well uh, what's at stake. We will have Andrew Giuliani, the former mayor's son, will be on the show later to talk some more about this whole issue. But I lead with this issue. I lead with it. Uh, It's a sad thing. It's a tragic thing terrible death of these two young detectives but people have just got to listen to what the cops are trying to say back up what the cops are trying to do stop this crazy left-wing woke progressive idea that the issue is not the victims but we have to protect the criminals this has all got to stop and it's a break a make or break moment for the city of new york and i tell you what folks We're a New York radio station. We broadcast all across the country, though, either live streaming or syndication. This is a national issue. This is not just here in the city of New York or the state of New York. This is a national issue. And it has got to stop. We have got to put our foot down, and we have got to have changes. And if the politicians won't do it, we're just going to have to replace the politicians.